Hello, and welcome to the My Leap of Faith podcast. My name is Gabrielle Genter, and I'm going to take you on my journey of living a life that felt completely inauthentic and unfulfilling, to discovering myself through the help of energy healers, shamanic practices, grounding in nature, plant medicines, and learning to trust my own intuition. This is a journey of being stripped raw to the place of knowing no thing, as it is there we are able to open our hearts to everything and create a new existence on Mother Earth. My hope is to demystify the process of becoming one with your higher self and sharing your light from that place, and I want to bring you along for the ride. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of My Leap of Faith. This one is going to be a very personal episode and it's going to tie together with the episode that I called Bring Forth the Light. Um, I'm going to be very open and vulnerable about my life and the things that I've been going through in the last, in the month of August. Um, first, I will say that I spoke with the people that it involves and they are feeling because I'm at a place where I actually have absorbed the lesson from this, that it's something that can be shared. So I um, am going to share what we went through or I guess what we're going through because it's not necessarily over, <laughs> but Okay, so um, you guys know that back in April, we sold our house. And, you know, prior to that, it's not like we had uh, money just laying around, you know, like it was either in real estate or it was in uh, 401ks or what have you. It wasn't like we had any money that we had available to invest in anything. But once we sold that house, we kept some of the money out of the new mortgage to have as investment money. And also like a a little nest egg in case anything ever happened to either of us. So um, what happened is, uh, I mean, pretty much right after, right after we moved, (laughs) um, my mom's husband, approached Richard about having him invest the money for us. And, you know, they were talking without me being involved and I trusted Richard was doing the due diligence and whatever. I, I, at that point, I didn't necessarily have a bad relationship with my mom's husband, but they had been married or they have been married one year. And I, maybe because this was her fourth marriage, I didn't engage myself too deeply with him. And it's not that I didn't have good conversations with him because I did, but I just always felt like there was, I don't want to say that there, I felt there was something up with him because I didn't, but I did feel like, why does it need to be rushed? Why do you guys need to get married so quickly? Why, you know, I had those questions, but I felt like they were more in the side of protecting my mom and and wanting her to first heal from the divorce that she had literally just got out of when these two met, you know. So um, 
I tried not to have my personal opinions affect her life, obviously. So I was supportive and all of that. So as this came up, Richard came to me and said he had invested some of the money with the with her husband. And, you know, I immediately felt like, oh, everybody says don't mix money and family. And but at this point, like, at least from what we knew, there wasn't any harm in it. It was more like he had overpromised this huge return. He he said that he, we would get 14 percent return an, um, every month which is like unheard of, right? And and of course in hindsight it's if it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. <laughs> but I just let it be what it was cuz he had already made the decision and I just made sure that I let my mom know. So um we were talking, I think we were driving to Arizona and I told her I just want you to know that that Richard gave him this amount of money. And that was where it was left. Um, so like three months go by and I had checked in a couple times with Richard about like, how's it going? And he would just say things like, you don't want to know. And I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure what that means, but okay, maybe I don't, (laughs) you know, (laughs) maybe this is a long-term investment and, and whatever. Right. I don't, um, but about three months in, finally, Richard had a talk with me about what was going on. And it turned out that Richard had access to see the account that the money was in. And he noticed from the very beginning of transferring the first amount of money that it was being taken out, like not invested in, in stocks or not traded, but actually like removed from the account. And he just let kind of let trust hold space for that. And he was like, well, I don't know that much about trading. Maybe he's trading in another account. We don't know, right? Like he's just letting it be and not getting too worried. But as that account dwindles down to zero, (laughs) then he says, look, we want our money back. We're getting married. We're trying to do renovations on the house. I'd rather use that money towards the things that we're we're actually needing it for right now. And then um, my mom's husband first said, um, oh, that's a mistake. You shouldn't use this money for that. It would be a waste of your investment. You should go into your other accounts and use that money for the wedding or the remodels. And Richard was like, well, it's my money. If I want it back, I want it back, you know? So he writes back and says, no, I actually want the money back. Well, it's at that point that he lets Richard know that the money's gone and that he um, that he needs more money and that Richard is his only um, like person that he can go to Basically, they have nothing and that he's basically desperate. So again, this is all happening before Richard brings me into the loop. So Richard gives him another amount of money. And let me just say, like, the total amount of money is more than I, I mean, cash-wise, that I've ever had, you know. And um, it's definitely a lot of money. So um, 
But Richard then says in his mind, like, I've been there. I've been in a position where I had nothing and I had, you know, he had his mentors and he had people around him that helped him get through the, the, the point in his life that he was the lowest. So he, in his, his rationalizing feels like, okay, this is family. If he, he's not asking me for a loan, he's just asking me to keep investing in his, his trading. And, um, so he decides again, without telling me to give a dub, basically double the original investment. And then he, but they, he, this time he put some guidelines on it and he says, I just want to make sure, like, if I give you more money, it's going towards the trading. I don't want any money, not even a, a penny to go towards anything else blah, blah, blah. Cause it turned out, he said that the, the money that we had already given him went to his bills. Okay. And I'm thinking, okay, wait, wait, I don't know yet. So <laughs> like, let me pause on that. So, um, so he says it's going to his bills. So Richard says, if I give you more money, you need, oh, and we find out also, or he found out that he hadn't traded at all in those three months. So that money just starts disappearing, but Richard can see there's no trades at least happening in this account. So we find out no trades. So the whole point of us investing this amount of money was that there was going to be trading happening. Well, he says, I haven't been able to trade because the market is all over the place. And my software, he keeps talking about he's building a software and that he's still working out the bugs, but he needs another investment. And, and he's like a day away from this all um, coming together and being lined up. He, so if Richard gives him more money, it was a Wednesday, I'm going to start trading on, on Thursday and it's all going to come be fine. I'm going to get the original amount invested back and blah, 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 blah. So Richard transfers another huge chunk of money <laughs> to him. And that next day he takes money out again. So that was, I think, in Richard's head, the, um, the light that was like, uh, he, he had apologized for lying to Richard with the original investment. Right. But he now tells him I'm not going to do it. And he does it anyway. So finally that day is the day he tells me like, this is what's going on. I have given another huge amount of money. And, um, at this point, like, I don't know what to do. I think he's, he's desperate. I think he doesn't know what to do. I'm like, uh, well, does my mom know? Like, have you talked to my mom? And he's like, no, I didn't want to, in, in, um, like burden her with this because I made the agreement with him aside from both of you knowing, and I don't feel like it's her responsibility to get involved and find out what's going on. And I was like, it's her husband, dude. If they have no money, she doesn't know that. Like, I mean, she, my mom works, so it's not like she has no money, but I mean, this man <laughs> was trying to get her to retire a year ago because he said that he had enough money to support them. And just thank the Lord that didn't happen because when she went in to retire, her dean asked her to give them another year and a half. But I remembered that. So I was like, mm, this doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But Richard asked me to stay out of it. And that was pretty much the hardest thing and that I had to do because not only did we uh, seemingly lose this money, but I'm thinking bigger picture. Like if this were me and my mom knew 
something about my spouse, I would want to know. I I would feel like if I don't tell her, I just, I could, I felt so trapped in the middle. And I'm telling you guys, I had to take salt baths. I had to like push this energy off of me and like not let it get attached to me because I felt so just devastated, devastated for my mom. You know, she thought this marriage was the last one and, and it's, it feels like for all the reasons that you want to protect the people that you love, it came up that the two people that I care about the most were being like totally manipulated by this person. And it's interesting because me not being involved with it, I wasn't attached to it emotionally, even though the money was ours, I felt like I can see very clearly what's happening here. Like, first of all, him going directly to you without going to us, it's our money. I thought that was weird. Then I kept asking for more money and more money. And then it was the money's disappeared because he's giving it to his bills. And I mean, maybe Richard has more compassion for people that are in um, the lowest part of their lives. But I felt like he was lying not only to us, but also I didn't feel actually, I didn't know if my mom knew I went through this period of there's no way she would know there's no way that she would be okay with this and not talk to me. And so I kept this is what I did over the two weeks. (laughs) Well, I noticed that I hadn't seen her in a month because they got COVID. And so they were both sick for a couple weeks. And then it was like, uh, she just wasn't coming around. So I would invite her over and she was, she'd be like, something came up or whatever. She wasn't, she was, I felt like she was avoiding me. So then I went through this period of, does she know? So finally I started like dropping texts, like, how are you doing? What's like, I know something's wrong. Tell me if you, if you can talk about it, let me know. And she would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then she came over once. I asked specifically, how's everything going with your husband? And she goes, what? Fine. Everything's fine. And she walks like, that's it. So I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I don't, I don't either. She literally knows nothing or like, so then another week goes by and in, in this meantime, in this week, the money the second investment is dwindling. The money's disappearing. And he's telling Richard that it's going towards his bills. And again, I know my mom's paying at least her half of their bills. So I'm not exactly sure who spends this crazy amount of money in three months. Like there's no way that the amount of money that was spent is spent like on bills in three months. So it just wasn't adding up. So finally, um, then the, so on the, the second week, so it was exactly two weeks after I learned about this, my mom was coming to spend the night cause she was going to help me with a room, uh, putting together a guest room in this house. And she came over and, um, I, I don't know how it came up, but I asked her if she wanted to go out to the jacuzzi. And then I, Right before he, Richard said he wasn't going to go out. And so I said, right before I went outside, I said, I think it's time for me to talk to her. And he finally was like, you need to do what you want to do. Like, if you feel like it's, you need to then. So I was like, okay. (laughs) 
So it's just me and her in the jacuzzi. And I just remember feeling like, I don't know how to say this. Like, how do you even broach the subject with someone that is feeling like there's nothing going on? And um, so I just started off with, I hope our relationship is deeper than any other relationship that we have. I hope that no matter what happens in our lives, I can always come to you and you can always come to me if something isn't right. And she's looking at me like, yeah, of course, like, tell me what's going on. And I said, you don't know anything. And she says, is, does this have to do with the uh, money that Richard invested in with him? And, um, I was like, well, and she had, when she said that, she said the original amount. And, um, I said, well, actually it's this amount and the money is gone. And she's just like, what are you talking about? So I tell her the whole story about how he's, he's been asking for more and more money and how he's saying he has nothing and that all of the money that we've given so far has gone to his bills. And she's just like, I pay, I've been paying all of the bills. Like he's borrowed money from her. So we, like, we realize like this story of the bills he made it sound like my mom's not contributing and that, you know, I don't know, but it turns out that he actually was borrowing money from her as well. And she was paying all the bills. So, um, it was just a lot. And we talked for, I think a couple hours and then we went inside and I, she went up to bed and I told Richard, like I told her and she does, she didn't know. And he was like, okay. So then the next morning she got up early and went downstairs and they talked for a while. And I kind of just let them, cause I wanted her to hear from his perspective, what was going on. Because at this point, again, Richard is believing that it's not malice that it's, he's just in a bad place. And he, you know, she's, he's giving him the benefit of the doubt over and over and over. And, um, it ends up that my mom stays the whole day, like all we do is we're just talking it through. And at one point, Richard's like, can we stop talking about this? And I was like, I don't think so. Like my, my mom needs to, like, she needs to talk this through. Like she just found out about this. Like, so as, and as we were talking it through, like all of these things and all of these other pieces to the puzzle start coming up. Like, for example, um, about a year ago, he asked her for her, if she had, um, a trading account. And she's like, well, I think I have an E-Trade account that I used to have stock in, but there's, I think there's maybe one share left in it. And, you know, I don't, I just leave it there because I don't know what am I going to do with one share? Well, he asked her for her password and information to the E-Trade account. And um, so we're like, that's kind of weird. So we, she tries to log into the E-Trade account at our house and it, you know, how you, she tries to reset the password and reset the password and it's not coming to her email address. So she calls into E-Trade and it turns out that the, the email, um, that it got sent, the passwords getting, password reset is getting sent to is something called like Mr. Magoo at msn.com or something like that. And it has also a new username, which the username is call Saul which I don't know if you guys watch Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, but Saul is the money launderer in the operation. And that's what he changed the password to. 
so she's telling him like the E-Trade person on the phone, like, wait a minute, this is my account. And she gives her social. This isn't my email address. This is not the username that I had. So they reset everything and put it back into her email address. And so finally we can get into the account. Well, what's happening in that account is that there's money coming in and going out in the same day, like back and forth, back and forth. And then we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, okay? And all we can see is that it says, um, in the transfers, it says balance to margin. And none of, I don't know what that means. None of us know what that means. So we're just like, what is going on here? On top of that, he added him himself to her E-Trade account. So now it's not just her E-Trade account. It's a joint account that has both of their names on it. And, um, She's like, no, I never gave permission to do this. I don't know how. So we're, so she calls back E-Trade and she's talking it through with them. And she's like, look, I haven't gone into this account since like 2017. As you can see, there's tons of transactions happening through this account that to me, I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't really understand what they mean, but it looks like someone's laundering money through this account that has my name on it. And the guy, so the guy put a, a flag on the account and um, we're just kind of like, what, what, <laughs> like what? So she decides at that point to spend another night because she's not ready to confront what's happening at, at her house. <laughs> so she stays and, and we go, we're just, it's so interesting because the more that we talk about it and the more that we dig into it, the more is just coming to the surface, coming to the surface. So I remembered that right before he approached Richard to get money, he was supposedly investing his best friend's life savings. Um, and uh, But what I remember is that he had said he was training her boyfriend how to do the investments for her so that he could give the money back to her so that, he, that her boyfriend could manage her money. And so then I'm thinking, well, maybe he used Richard's money to pay her back if he had already gone through her money because she had given him her money back um, in October of 2021. And um, so my mom's like, well, I'm going to text her. So my mom texts her and says, hey, did you end up getting your investment back from him or is it or is he still using or still trading your investment? And um, she writes back right away, no, he still has my money. Why is something wrong? Okay, so then we know, <clears throat> okay, that's not it. <laughs> he didn't use that money to pay her back. And then she starts flooding in with, and this person gave money and this person gave money. And I recommended to to this girl that I knew, she gave her life savings. And um, it was just like, Oh my God, it just blew up because you take like this amount that we had given, which again, ends up being the most that anyone gave, but on top of all these other people who are supposedly this man's best friends. And, um, then my mom starts thinking like, you know, when, when we, after we got engaged, he asked her if she had a 401k and, she works for a university, so she has a pension, which she can't touch the pension unless she retires. And at that retiring, she has to decide, do you want to have monthly payments of it or do you want a lump sum? 
Okay. So she knew that. And, um, but she had also started a 401k separate from the pension. But at that point, there wasn't a huge amount of money in it, but it was still an amount of money. And he asked her after they were engaged, he asked her, um, if she had a 401k and she said, yes, I do, but it's not that much money. It's, you know, the majority of my retirements and my pension. And he's like, well, why don't you take out the 401k and I'll manage it for you. And she was like, what do you mean? You want me to take a loan against my 401k? And he was like, no, no, your retirement age, you can just take it out and give it to me. And, and I'm like, what? <laughs> and she goes, well, at that point, we were already engaged. And, and as far as I know, he's managing a bunch of people's money. So I'm thinking, okay, I mean, he must know what he's doing. And I'm just going to trust that he's, he's looking out for our interest of our retirement. And then about, so that happened a year, I think, before they got married. I think totally they've been together four years. So, cause they did get engaged a year after they met, but then because of COVID, the, the marriage itself kept getting pushed back. But so total from that point to this point, it's been four years since they met. But um, then she realizes that the, in, let's see, it would have been during COVID, the first summer during COVID. So summer of 2020, he applied to get one of those loans that, that the government was giving with like zero interest. And, and as he was waiting for the reply, I remember being over at their house one day and him kind of freaking out about he hadn't heard back from them and he was getting really nervous. And I was like, wow, why this guy is like desperate for money. And I remember feeling that way, but I, again, I don't want to get involved with what they're talking about. Cause at the same time that year he tried to get her to retire. So I'm like, I don't understand. Well, it turns out that while he was waiting for that loan approval, he got my mom to take out a loan for him. And his reasoning behind it was, I, I'm going to pay the loan back right away, but because I'm not working currently, I don't have the credit to take out a loan, um, and I'm waiting for to hear back about this loan from the government, so can you take out a loan for me? Now, of course, in hindsight, it's like, who would do that? Like, think back to all the guys that you've gone out with, all the relationships that you've had, even the best friends you've had, even your family. Who asks you to take a loan out for someone? Like, again, I I just was like, oh. so she does and um, she gives them the money. And then so that's so at this point for her, she's given out, given him two big chunks of money. And she's thinking that she's the only one that's given him money. She doesn't, other than this one person, and now, well, now we know all these other people, but prior to that, she had thought that it was just this one person that was investing through with him. Um, anyways, <laughs> so it kind of came in like, and I'm even just talking about it, it feels like such a deep pressure on my chest because it's so heavy. It's like these people's everything. And you know, for us, it's not everything, but it is a lot. And um, we just like then started strategizing like, okay, well, maybe don't go home and, and like, you know, be so straight up about it. Let's try to find out where the money is. Cause at this point we're thinking like, I Google, what does balance to margin mean? And balance to margin is if you have, let's say $25,000 that you, you are going to trade with the brokerage will 
match you that 25,000. So you have 50,000 to work with. And then you start trading with that 50,000. And from there, you know, the risk is much higher because if you lose, you're not only losing your money, but you're losing the brokerage's money and they call it, meaning they want it back that day. Like they aren't, they aren't messing around. They, I don't know if they send loan sharks or what happens, but they want the money back. So what we're thinking is he was borrowing against the brokerage and all of those transfers to margin mean that he was using our money to pay back his loans on his brokerage account. Now, of course, Richard would tell me I'm speculating because we we still don't know. <laughs> but this is the the I mean, this is as far as we know uh, that we can deduce. But um so we my mom decides she's going to go home and play it cool and just be like I know the kids gave you this amount of money and they need it back. You need to give it back. They're planning a wedding. They're remodeling their house. Like, let's see where that takes us. So she gets home and she, and I told her, you need to record this. <laughs> so she puts on the record and she calls him into the kitchen and she's like, so we need to talk. The kids told me they gave you this amount of money. And all of a sudden he starts like, I mean, you could hear on the recording, it's like, <sighs> like he's hyperventilating. He can't breathe. And he's like, this is why I've been so stressed. You don't know what I've been going through. I I have so much pressure on me. And, um, and she's like, uh, what do you mean? What, what do you mean? What kind of pressure? And he's like, I have so many bills. And she goes, what bills, what bills are you talking about? The kids need their money back. Like I, they want it back tomorrow. And he starts like, he goes, it'll ruin me. That will be the end of my life. If that happens, I cannot worry about them right now. I need to get my, my program fixed or figured out and, or my software figured out and, and, and tomorrow, cause it was a Sunday. So tomorrow, everything's going to be fine. Everyone's going to get their money back. And she goes, what do you mean everyone? Because she's trying to act like she doesn't know anything. And he's like, I mean, just, the only other person is Lori, which is this, this his friend, and she gave me 20000 which, no, that's not the amount she gave him. So he's lying about that because we know. We got, like, literally a list of numbers. We know exactly what everybody's invested. So um, he starts, like, he's like, ah, I'm having a panic attack. And she's like, fine, just go back into the office, and we'll talk about it later. So then she goes out for a walk and calls me and tells, sends me the recording, and I'm like, mom, we don't know this person. We don't know what this person's capable of. And I just would feel better if you come back and spend the night at our house. So, um, so she does, she comes back and, um, we spend another night talking it through, like trying to get more information. Um, you know, it basically is everything that she had believed in this person was a lie. And we're realizing that I feel like he targeted her, but I also feel like you can't be a target for something unless it's the energy that you're pulling towards you. You know, I think she believed that this was going to be the end of her dating and the, and her one. Like he literally was the type of guy that did whatever she wanted. Like 
taking her out to concerts, to dinners, to like they, when they were dating and especially um, in the first couple years of their relationship, it was like, oh, the most lovey dovey thing that you'd ever seen kind of sickening, but like he put, he put on the charm no matter wherever she wanted to live. It didn't matter that it was well above his budget. He was going to figure it out. Her, the ring that she wanted to get engaged with, like, again, he figured it out. He was giving and, and, and um, presenting this kind of illusion of being able to keep up with her, her lifestyle, essentially. And um, I think what happened is that over time, like because of COVID, they weren't able to get married. So he had to keep up that appearances much longer than he had planned. And then when she didn't retire, when he asked her to retire, it meant he didn't get her pension. Now, from that point, we see that it's that's when he starts getting investment money from all of the people he knows. And um, the thing is, is, you know, it's just devastating to see both her and Richard go through this feeling of having complete trust in somebody and it being just discarded like it was nothing this man so she goes back on monday night and she tells him she wants him to move out because at this point he's still not said anything about where the money has gone he, he can't fool her the bills no she says what bills i've been paying the bills <laughs> like what are you talking about so um but he won't say where the money has gone he just says bills and um, she's like, look, if you're not going to tell me what's going on, um, then I don't want you here. I don't I, I'm going to have to get a roommate. I, I don't I'm going to have to figure my life out like you need to leave. So he ends up leaving, I believe, that night. And then um, I believe like she wanted him to have his stuff picked up by Saturday. Cause I remember I had to be with her on Saturday. She asked me to be there and I did a cleanse on the house and stuff. But um in between this, he ends up calling one of the investors and says, she kicked me out. I need a place to stay. And thankfully, she, this woman knew what was going on because we had filled in everybody that we could find that was investing. Um, and But she played it off and acted like she didn't know. So then she recorded a call with him where she's like, hey, what's going on with you guys? Like, you know, and then... Um, Oh, and by the way, I was wanting to touch base on where my investment is. And, and it turns out like he ends up saying that not that the money is gone, but that he shows her a screenshot of Richard's money and says, this is the amount that's left. And she's like, what do you mean? Where's the rest of my money? And he's like, well, I had bills. And she goes, I didn't give you that money to pay your bills. And he was like, ah, well, and and, and the, the, the thing is, is that whenever he's confronted, he goes into this kind of panic attack mode. And um makes himself the victim. And this woman is like, look, you did this to yourself. Like I, you have burned this bridge. I do not like, I want my money back. And she goes as far as to say, wire me that money in that you're showing me. I want you to wire it to my account right now. And of course he's like, oh, but I just need more time. If you don't give me the time that I need, then no one's going to get their money back. And and blah, 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 blah. And eventually he says she would have to take him to court to get any money out of him. And then he proceeds to block everyone from his Facebook account. Um, and then he goes, we don't know where he goes. He goes somewhere. So come Saturday, I go out there and um, I'm just, oh, 
like feeling so I asked Richard before I left here if he wants me to say anything to him and he said what is there to say I mean that no I don't want you to even engage him so I tried to stay in another room while he came we put all of his stuff like by the front door and 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 we I tried to not be around him but there were a couple points where we crossed paths and um because he wasn't like just picking his stuff up and going he was like literally there for hours um, and not, not that I was wanting to ha- engage him, but he didn't apologize. He didn't even look at me, nothing, nothing. Okay. And, and at one point my mom asked him a question and he kind of like was talking and acting like everything was normal, like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. And like nothing. And I just sat with that. So I feel like I kept feeling this. okay, if he can't apologize to me, I'm removed from him, not his wife, like, maybe he's like, whatever, suckers, I don't know. But at least like to my mom, like, there should be some emotion, there should be some something. And let me tell you, zero, not not a one regret, not a one, I love you, let's work it out, not a nothing. My mom even said, texts him and says, you broke my heart. And I still don't even understand what what you're doing with this money. And I don't like and nothing. He gets defensive. If she if she brings in emotion, he gets like, well, you don't know what I'm going through and you don't know the pressures that I have. And I have now I have to find a place to live. So you're making me spend more of Richard's money. <laughs> it's just like, it's it's comical, okay? So the reason I wanted to talk about this this week is that finally, we've, we've realized it's been um, the day that this download came, it had been three weeks, okay? So finally, I got a download about it. And look, Throughout all of this, my my protection level of the people that I care about the most was like on high. Like I was pissed and I was like, this guy, I looked up like, what is a sociopath? What? And then it showed me a psychopath is. And I was like, this is him. Like how? I don't get it. Like there's literally no remorse, nothing. And um, I... I kept having this feeling like it's so interesting that he has can't even apologize, like nothing, nothing. So that made me really feel like something's wrong there, okay? And that's, I think, when the I started Googling the sociopath. But then my a download came. And this is why I'm telling you guys this story and why I feel like it's relevant for everyone. And let's hope that no one else has to go to this degree of, of deception. But what they showed me is that in order for someone to apologize, they have to believe that they did something wrong. And younger souls are here figuring shit out. They are testing the boundaries of everything. Now, that can go from crime to murder to rape to whatever, right? They're testing and pushing all of these these kind of invisible boundaries to see like what what is this life about? Like, I don't have a, a memorance of this doesn't feel good to me. Like, in my case, if I stole people's money, I would be, like, devastated, right? 
But that probably means that I've had many lives where I've experienced the, both sides of it. And I, I, I have a compassion and I have, I have a clarity that that's not what I'm here to do, right? Like there's, I guess we would call it morals. And we think that morals come from the conditioning that we get from our parents. But we know that can't be true because people will have children that are completely, they'll be like, I don't know where this child came from. They have no, no morals about anything, about whatever, right? So the morals that we think give us that this is how I'm going to behave parameters, that's not where it comes from. They showed me that it actually is the soul learning the lessons and, and the reason we will never get an apology or that he will never even remorse their, their separation or their divorce is that he doesn't feel it. And then I felt like, oh, if that's the case, and I'm sitting here holding onto this vibration of, of, um, what a jerk, like, how could he do this to her, much less us, much less his best friends? We're the ones holding it. That means we're lowering our vibration to try to match or to even see where he's at. And the truth is, he's not even there. He's not even capable of seeing the wrong in any of this. So then if you can really believe that all the people that do wrong to us, to our family, to our loved ones, do they do it because they just don't know the difference and that it's this lifetime that's teaching them that. And honestly, that's how it came through and that's how it felt. And it also felt like August was a huge month of separating those, those like, uh, they look like the drag of a comet. Like, I don't know how else to describe it, but like, let's say energy is moving this way and there's these little fibers down here that are the drag. It looked like the drag that's starting to just fall off and fall away. And that is no longer going to be tolerated in this newer dimensions. So this separation and this is coming up for many people. Um, I have another friend that's going through a very similar thing and it's like something has shifted where the deceit that would be normal, like people carry deceit in them all over the place. It doesn't mean they put it on display, right? And they showed too that our frequency is not dictated by, by the face that you put on for others. Like the let's say you work at Starbucks and you're friendly and everybody loves you and you're like the most outgoing barista out there, okay? That's a high vibration. But they showed me that the true vibration is how that person talks to themselves. So if that barista is able to give out positive information, positive vibes, but inside is berating themselves because they don't look the way they wanna look, that's the true vibration. So in the case of this person, it's like he was putting on the face for what everybody wanted him to be, but the true vibration was deceit, was really stealing, was like his, his own survival above anyone else's and gambling with people's money and, and life savings that were not his to gamble. And, you know, I am now feeling kind of just at peace with this, not because I can be like, okay, it's okay. 
But at the same time, I know that Richard and my mom drew this towards them because there were lessons to be learned. In the case of Richard, I think he was like, um, something came along that was too good to be true. And I said, I think the lesson here is when it looks too good to be true, it probably is. And we need time to sit with that. And then also talk to each other. Like maybe I'll see your blind spots and vice versa, because I've done that too, where I'm like, oh, I want to do this. And I talk to him and he brings me back down to earth. And he's like, okay, but let's look at the bigger picture. And that helps me to find that kind of even place where in this situation, he didn't include me. So I couldn't be like, oh, hold up now. This doesn't feel right. And I think we are here to help each other balance that that equilibrium because when the mind gets attached to some, some like I called, kept calling it to my mom, the shiny object, like the men are the shiny object that look like they're going to give you what you want and, and be that fulfilling partner and all of the things. But it's never real because you're just attracting what you're wanting, you know, and the vibration has to come from within and go outwards. So she had asked me, well, how do I know when I find the right partner? And they just kept showing me that the only way you find your match of vibration is by finding that love inside. So if we go back to that barista, her giving out energy constantly and love constantly, but not seeing it in herself, she will always only attract lessons. So in the case of my mom, the self-love isn't there. So she's going to now start cultivating that and working on that. But prior to that, it was always external. Like this person is going, you know, whatever we date, we, we fall in love, we get married. They showed me that those kind of relationships are always going to be the lessons. They never will be your vibrational match because you haven't you haven't rose into that occasion, rose into that part of yourself that pulls in your vibrational match. And so when we look at that and we look at this man, clearly we pulled that vibration in. Clearly there was a lessons to be learned. And can we also look at it this way? <sighs> this is hard, but <laughs> without the darkness, then we wouldn't know the light without seeing this deceit and how he plays it like it's nothing. It is literally like a, a Tuesday, any Tuesday. Um, seeing that, that this person can put on such a front and be such a different person on the inside is such clarity to anybody can be doing that. And what I really believe is happening is that divide is making it way too uncomfortable for that to keep happening. So as people, as this stuff comes up in your own life through your friends, your family, loved ones, your partners, let it be what it is. It's the drag is showing. And then you decide with a clear head, is this is this karma, is this, again, they weren't calling it karma. It was like literally the drag of a, a comet. <laughs> um, is that your lesson? Are you going to hitch your ride to that comet and ride that lesson with that person the rest of your life? That's the point. Because you don't have to do make that choice. You have the option of seeing it for what it is and then choosing a higher vibration. Now, I want to give uh, my mom like... Oh, the, I, I don't think she's grieved the emotions yet. I know she hasn't. Um, and 
I did a cleanse on her house to help her ease into her own energy again, but she's asked a couple times if I'll go in and, and remove cords with him. And I can't yet. It's still, until you start grieving what is, it will be too painful to, to just yank something away from you, you know? And even if she mentally hates the guy, it doesn't matter. It's like, there's like, the way it, I guess I would describe it is like, if you have, um, like, okay, if you have two ships passing in the night, it's better if they just barely touch and go like this versus it's going to cause like ripples and uncomfortableness and it's not, it's not smooth. So you want the energy to start to slide. So right now it's like this and it's sliding away, it's sliding away. And then when it gets to like where they're somewhat separate, then I can remove her. So understanding that if this is happening in your life, like in her case, she acted, I, I can't even believe how quickly this woman acted and, you know, separated things like he had intertwined a lot of their expenses and bills and she come to find out even though she was giving the money to pay for the bills he was using her money to pay who knows what and so those bills weren't being paid so now they're way past due and it's like all on her credit of course so she's figuring out getting her life back in order and this is like the time that she's starting to see like okay i like when I look at her, I think she hadn't been happy since um, we went to Maui back in November because they were supposed to go on a trip together. And kind of last minute, she asked us to go to Maui. And I remember feeling like mm, something's off here. And I watched her since then. And I could feel that she wasn't happy. But again, people stay in relationships and unhappy relationships for many different reasons. And I as a, as a support system, all you can do is ask, are you okay? Is everything okay? But if the person doesn't want to wake up and instead they choose to put their head in the sand and avoid what's actually happening, then it's going to prolong, which is what happened in this case. But once she got the, the like clear signposts of, no, this is what actually is happening. She acted like that. And it's like, she's in that, that, anger, like, let's just get this stuff cut up and done and whatever. But yeah, you have to then grieve it because that's when we shove those emotions down and just handle it from the mind and the action, that's where you create <laughs> the disease in your body. That's where you create the um, repeated patterns because why this pattern lives within her. This isn't her first time. We went through it and there had been... Um, this was her fourth marriage and each marriage had carried a different vibration of discomfort for her. So the first one, my father was an alcohol and alcoholic and was abusive. The second one, my stepfather, who they were together the longest, was a very selfish person. The third one was kind of we call him the crazy one <laughs> and, and we'll just leave it there. And now this one, complete deceit. And it's like, how many times does she have to relearn this lesson? And it's like, it just keeps reappearing, but it gets in a different vibe, different way. So it's like putting on a costume, but the same lesson over and over and over. And what's also interesting, and this I love, um, a week before uh, this all came out, my mom um, was planning the memorial of a, a person that this 
this community that she works worked with her whole life. Um, it was like the, the founder of the company and, um, he passed and he was a very, um, hermit person. He didn't have family around and it ends up that my mom is planning his memorial and cause he passed and it took some time for people to find him. And actually it's my mom who knew something's wrong and she drove over to his house and got people to get in there and find him. So she ends up um, planning his memorial. And at that memorial, she found out like the day or so before the guest list, two of her ex-husbands were going to be at that memorial. And I, at the time I thought, I said to her, well, I think you should, because I hadn't told her what was going on with her current husband, but I said, I think that's there. there's something in that and, and maybe feel into that. Is there a connection still between you guys? Because that's not, that's not normal. So she said she saw them both. They were both fine and nice with her and, and, and they, you know, talked for a little bit, but it wasn't until after this all came out, she and I were sitting having lunch and all of a sudden I got this feeling like they came because they wanted to circle around you because they knew what was coming. They both carried love for you, regardless if their relationships worked out or not. They are part of your soul family and they knew this was coming. And in that second, and I'm not even exaggerating, she gets a text from my, um, I would call him my stepdad. So two husbands ago. And he says something, I think it says something like, I, I, something doesn't feel right. I wanted to check in on you, Gabrielle and Gary and make sure you're okay. And I said, see, yeah, cause I started crying once I got that download, um, downloads come in. A lot of it is emotion because it goes through your heart and it feels so intense. And so when I got that, that download of these men, really loved her. You know, they cared about her. And then, yeah, he heard, he heard that I heard and he texted her. So she felt like she could communicate with him and let him know what was going on. And I, that's another point is that we are not in this game alone. You know, when we take a minute and look at the support systems that each of us have, they're like so deep that Nothing is by coincidence. Every single soul that is like your cheerleader in this life, even if you don't talk to them anymore, but you had like an intense connection, that is part of you. It is part of you. It's like that those people that are presented as people in this life are just energy that is your energy, right? And they know when something's not right. They know like intuitively. Now, I would say, the one that texted her, I would say he intuitively felt something was wrong. Now, the other one, the one that we called the crazy one, I don't think he knew why he was being called because he doesn't even live in this state, but he came and he knew that he needed to be here. And it's not conscious, right? So I think we we have both. We have people in our lives that intensely understand what's going on and have that um, empathy and, and emotion to be with you no matter where you're, what you know, chaos you're in. And then we have those that are just around because they know they need to be, but they don't understand why. And in the case of these ex-husbands, that's what happened. And, you know, I think that oh, actually even blowing it up even bigger, the guy that she was um, doing the memorial for, he came through and he's actually, he called himself a guardian, but it's not I mean, you know me, I don't, I don't believe in guardians. So I would say he's part of her fractal. Um, and it's interesting because he had given her her first job 
when this company started and they had like this long relationship. I mean, probably since I was a child and when she moved into the university, he ended up donating millions of dollars through her to the university. And it was like, he was showing me, he was always there, always around. And when, um, he had donated all this money for a building And the reason that my mom knew that he had passed or something was wrong is they were at the dedication of that building and he didn't show up. So she knew like something's not right. Well, in that dedication of the building, they had given away these little puzzles um, as like a like a gift to the people that came to the opening and um, the puzzle was of the building. And so my mom had been given one of the puzzles. Well, that night she went home. This is before she knew something didn't feel right, but she didn't yet go to his house, but she got home. She opened up the puzzle. She's doing the puzzle. And there's this little silver ring in the puzzle that says faith. So she's calling her coworkers and be like, did you guys put a ring in the puzzle? That's really weird. Mine had a ring. And it turns out like nobody else got a ring. Well, in this download, he showed me (laughs) that he went forward to come back to give her that ring because he knew that she was going through this crazy epic thing right now and that he wanted her to know that he is around her and also that he knew she was going to be the one doing his memorial. Like it's, it's so crazy how it's so like your circle, like think about the people that have been there for you throughout, like, let's say your career, but they always look out for you. That's your soul family. That Those are the people that are not just by accident in your life. So even though you can have these like really intense, dark moments, your family starts to circle and they see it and they see that she's going to go through this and they're holding space for it. So that's what I want to really leave this on is that no matter how dark it gets, can we hold this place of that person, that situation, they don't know better. They don't know that they've done anything wrong. So they can apologize for what they don't know. And it takes a big person and a big soul to have compassion for it. And, um, you know, at this point of the process, that's where I'm trying to hold that vibration of, it is what it is. We have to step away from the anger and really get to the place of of knowing, of compassion, of letting it be what it is and being thankful that it didn't get worse, you know, because honestly, it could have gotten a lot worse. So I hope that this story is helpful because I notice a lot of people don't share their actual life stuff. And I, I always get this call of that's the real stuff that is what is like makes us connected to understanding that my threads connect with your threads through like the ethers through a vibration of truth right through a vibration of being vulnerable and like putting yourself out there to me that's what this whole journey is about and when I couldn't share it I felt like you know and then so I when I asked my mom, if I could, yeah, she, and I, but I came, told her about it from the perspective of the, what we learned, you know, then it's help, helpful. It's not just complaining about what happened. So, um, I hope you guys are well and just hold in there. I mean, I know it's intense. And if you guys aren't feeling that intensity, just take a breath, um, and be thankful for that because, in every other side of my life, it feels like there's a lot happening. And 
one of the other things that they brought through is just in those moments where it feels like the pressure is just so on top of you, it's just taking that breath in all the way down to your root space and just letting it go. Because sometimes we just have to hold energy and hold light to let go of that what's that that stuck point. So um, thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Let it, let it, let it.